Wednesday version of the Daily Walk. I'm your host, Wayne Clevenger. Today we are in Romans 6 through 8. And do you realize if you've stayed with us, you are on day 320. We are 83% of the way through the Bible. You've done well. And today, in today's episode, we are talking about what Paul has to say about how do we escape the clutches of sin. The big debate is how do we get away from our sinful life? And a lot of people, even yet today, struggle with how can I not sin? I'm a human. And the fact is you can get away from sinning. If we were supposed to be just sinning all the time, then why did Jesus go to the cross? The whole fact that Jesus went to the cross and gave his life for us was a way for us to escape sin. And Paul really does a good job in 6 and 7 here explaining that. And the first thing he brings out in 6 is about the law because people are saying then we don't need the law. Well, the law was made to show us that we are sinning. Because if we think about it, before the law, people went around doing their own thing and they really didn't realize that they were committing sin, right? Because they were just free spirits, all right? But they needed the law to kind of help them have parameters and guidelines. And so that kind of reminds me of uh, some of the teams I've had in sports when they don't realize, oh, you mean you can't do that? And then when you bring them within boundaries, they become a well-oiled machine and become a very good team. So what happens with us as people is when we realize that's not what God wants for us, and we surrender it to God, we become a well-oiled version of Jesus. And so Paul really puts it out there that because Jesus died, we too die to sin. But because he rose again and lives, we too can continue to live because of him. Because when Christ died, we were set free from the power of sin. That was his whole thing. He went to the he went to the gate to hell for three days and defeated sin, defeated Satan, grabbed the keys to Hades and conquered the grave and rose again. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. That's Romans six verse eight. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. 
So death no longer has any power over him or us. Isn't that awesome? So don't let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. See, when we're living the old life and we do things that aren't the way God wants us to, we are dead to the understanding of what God wants for us. But when we accept Jesus, we die out to the old life and a new life has begun. So we are resurrected into this new life and we get to be what Paul says as a whole body instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. <laughs> and sin is no longer your master because we no longer live under its domain. Instead, we live in the freedom of God's grace. I don't know about you, but that's pretty exciting to me. Because here's what sin gets us. Remember, Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Thank you, Adam, right? Our human nature leads us to sin. Romans 6.23, remember I said it'd be three chapters later, same verse, says the wages of sin is death. So when we sin, we're, we are totally dead to what Christ has to us. We have no idea, and what we're going to get in payment for that is we're going to be sent to eternal hell. And we're going to be dead from Christ. We're going to be dead from the totally separated from God forever. So the wages for that, that's our pay payment that we get for not having God in our life. But the free gift that God gives us in Jesus Christ, the free gift of God is, is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So the verse says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So while we have Romans 3.23, the wages are for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, three chapters later we're reminded that the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. I don't know about you, but if I'm working for a place that's only going to drive me to my death, and some of us have had those jobs, I don't want to be there. And if I'm going through life and my life is just going to take me to the road to hell, you know, there's ACDC's song, Highway to Hell. I don't want to go there. I want to be with Jesus. And I think everyone's true desire is to be in heaven. But the fact is, unless we accept Jesus, 
we won't see that. And so, you know, Romans 7 is where Paul points out to us that the law was necessary to show us that we needed Jesus because without it, we wouldn't have known the boundaries that we needed to have Jesus because we were free-spirited. We were running around doing our own thing. And he points that out because he says, I really don't understand myself or I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. And, you know, the law showed me my sin. So that would be like the Ten Commandments. That would be the boundaries God set for us. And I I know that I... I know that nothing good lives in me. That is my sinful nature. So we are born with that carnal instinct that says, me, 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 me. I want it my way, only my way. And, you know, some of us, we work on thinking, what is my purpose? What do I do? And, you know, we get hung up on stuff because we're comparing. We get hung up on stuff because we're always looking at what the other guy's doing, and we start feeling a lack of purpose. And the real issue is not whether we have purpose or not. The real thing is we start thinking of, I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I want to do what is, I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. And the real purpose for us each and every day is what Jesus said back in the in the Gospels, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Our purpose here is to love the Lord our God with all that we have and to follow him and have the Holy Spirit live in us and just be still and know that he's with us. And so Paul in this writing says, I'm, I, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. And when we get to that moment where we realize that this inner turmoil we're having is not really of our own, it's the sinful nature of us that's trying to split us apart, he says that's when he gets it. And I know the answer is Jesus Christ our Lord. Because in my mind, the enemy is playing tricks on me. And so he goes into the next chapter and he says, because there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you that's what we got to know. That's what we got to declare. God's declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. And that's what we can have. So then he goes into this. He says, those who are dominated by sinful nature think about sinful things. Those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So are you thinking about things that please the Spirit? That's a good thing to think about. What's dominating your thought process? 
For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. So that's what we really have to think about. Are we thinking in the spirit? Or are we thinking negatively? Are we thinking with anger? Are we thinking with haste? Are we thinking... And if that's where we are, we know that our sinful nature is starting to dominate us and we need to just give it over to the Lord because the Lord put us here with a purpose to love him most (laughs) and love people. And we can't do that when we're separating ourselves from him because we got all this other stuff in us destroying that purpose. That's the first and foremost purpose. You know, here's, here's what I know. If we look back at Saul when he was supposed to destroy the Amalekites in 1 Samuel and he didn't destroy all the Amalekites, he was supposed to kill everything, everything, women, children, all the all the livestock, take no plunder. And he took the best of the livestock and he saved King Agag as a kind of a, uh, like trophy piece to show how he'd done it. And Samuel comes to him and says, what have you done? Because he can hear the livestock bleeding in the background. And Saul's, King Saul's like, oh, I saved those for sacrifices. And, and I saved Agag as, you know, like prisoner of war, like the trophy piece to show what I've done. And look at the key word in that, I, I, I. And Samuel says, what's more pleasing to the Lord? Obedience or your sacrifices? (laughs) I mean, that sticks in my mind bigger than anything because we get so hung up in doing, you know, what's my purpose? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And and that hit me one day when I was doing a new start church because I was feeling like I wasn't getting it done and the Lord just stopped me dead in my tracks and said your purpose is to love me and love others first and foremost. Remember someone asked Jesus in uh John 6 what must what works must we do to have the kingdom and Jesus said the only works you have to do the father requires of you is to believe in the one he has sent you in other words he only works he wants you to do is to believe and love the one he has sent you that is Jesus Christ and so There is no condemnation. What is your mindset? What fills your head every day? What are you thinking? Because the sinful nature of man will pull you away from the thoughts of the Holy Spirit. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you've received God's Spirit when he adopted you as his own children Now we call him Abba, Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are his children. And since we are his children, we're his heirs. 
In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. And we get a share in his glory as much as we share in his suffering. So that is huge because if we have Jesus first and we love him most of all, we are assured that the rest will fall in place. How do we know this? Because it says believers have the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is walking with us and the Holy Spirit is moving with us and he's living in our bodies to help us through. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. So even when we don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit prays and groanings with us that cannot be expressed in words, but yet God understands everything that the Holy Spirit is saying because we are one in harmony with God's own will when the Holy Spirit lives in us and we're praying and the Holy Spirit, even when we don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit is in groanings for us if we are one with the Holy Spirit. That's huge, but we can't be having sinful nature filling our heads with sinful mindsets, negativity, uh, animosity, division, discourse. We got to be one with the Spirit because here's the promise in in Romans 8, 28, and I have this highlighted, and this is one that I've memorized. We know God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose for them. He calls all of us. He wants all of us to come into his glory. He wants all of us to be children of God. We're going to get to that in another scripture later, but he wants us all to be there. And then Paul writes, you know, who can stand, who can separate us? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? What great power do we have if we just let God be the leader? No one can separate us. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Man, that's exciting. I'm, I'm getting excited for it because that is huge. There's a lot of positivity Paul is saying to the church in Rome right now because he wants them to see that when the Holy Spirit lives in you, despite your circumstances, he's going to help you through them because overwhelming victory is yours. And other versions, it says you are more than conquerors because you have the Holy Spirit living with you. And, and this closes out with this promise. That as long as you have God in you, as long as you have the Holy Spirit living in you, as long as you've totally surrendered and the Holy Spirit leads your thought processes and you are totally surrendered, you are no longer a part of your old life. You've surrendered your whole life to Jesus. Paul says, nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. That's huge, people. Did you catch that? Our fears for today or worries about tomorrow, nothing can separate us from God's love. 
no power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord and lives, this is my addition, and lives in us through the Holy Spirit if we accept and believe in the one God sent and let him have full control of every part of us from our head to our toes to our minds. And that's why Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. Lord, help us today to see how victorious we can be and be more than conquerors because all things work for the good of those who are called according to your holy purposes. Woohoo! And help us have a great Wednesday. Have a great Wednesday. We'll see you tomorrow. Word of God speak. Would you pour down like rain? Washing